This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. I mean, there was a lot of fear and anxiety around, like, are people even going to, first of all, am I going to be good at it? Like, it's not easy. And second, like, are people just going to, like, put me in this box of, like, this is what you're supposed to be and who I think you're supposed to be. And don't be afraid to take a chance on something, you know, especially when you're young. Even when you're old, fuck that. Even when you're old, like, take a chance. Let's take a breath. <sighs> hey guys, I'm Cindy Latwako, and welcome to Something to Share. Every Wednesday, I sit down with people you may have seen on your TV screens, experts in their fields, or just people I find inspirational so that they have a platform to dive into the things that they really want to talk about. We all have something to share, something that we're going through, and something that we need to hear. So let's get started. Hi friends, welcome back to the podcast. Happy Wednesday or really whatever day you're listening. I'm happy that you're here. And I feel like I haven't talked to you face-to-face in quotes in a couple of episodes. So I'm excited to have you here and have you on the other end of this mic. Um, So we have Blake on the podcast today. He was on a previous episode when it used to be Black Beans and Rice when Nicole was on. So I was excited to bring Blake back because I always considered him a good friend, especially since I met him in paradise. And I think we've gotten close over, I guess, the years um, since then. And I've always considered him a good friend from the franchise, which is always nice to have. And he is definitely a very popular guy. I would just, I feel like out of all of the people that I know from the franchise, Blake is definitely one of the ones that my friends ask me about the most. He is definitely the one my friends are still wondering if he's single. Um, I even had a friend, a couple friends last weekend were in Arizona while he was in town for a DJ set, and they were like, "Oh my God, you know Blake, right? Can you, can you like help us meet him? He's in town. We're on this like bachelorette trip. So yeah, he's a very popular guy. And I even remember when I was on tour, he was one of the guests. And this was like right after Paradise pretty much. And it was interesting to see because he had definitely a rough time on Paradise, which I'm sure many of us know. If we didn't watch um, that season or if you're not a fan of the show, totally fine. But um, he had a lot of backlash on his season or on the season that we were on together for going to Stagecoach and hooking up with a couple of the women from the franchise um, and back-to-back evenings. And it kind of blew up in his face on the beach. So he is definitely one that has made mistakes. He even said it himself that he's kind of had ridden all of the ups and downs of being in Bachelor Nation. Like he was on top. He was very loved um, after Becca's season, after being the runner up. And he kind of rode that wave. And then in Paradise, he was kind of brought down a few pegs. And now I think he's on it like a good place from talking to him now. Um but yeah, back to that. when I saw my bachelor live on stage and he came out, I mean, the audience lost their minds over him. And I was, it was so funny to watch like just the girls, like as if they were throwing their panties on stage, they weren't actually doing that, but that's what it felt like the energy that was in the room. Um, so he's definitely very well loved. And I've always been a good, uh, a fan of his and a friend of his. And I, I think what I want you guys to take away from this episode is just the way he has made mistakes and kind of own them. I'm not going to sit here and say that I agree with all the decisions he made, especially um, with how Paradise was handled, but that was just like a crazy situation. And I think from talking to him and seeing how he has overcome that time, I'm very like impressed with him as a friend, the way he's been able to overcome his downfalls. And through uh, he had some trouble with uh, mental health right after the season. I mean, he went kind of dark on Instagram and 
took some time away and I know he went to therapy and things like that. And I think from talking to him now, I can just see such a big change in him, even from when I talked to him last time on the podcast. I think he's gone through a lot. I think he's learned a lot. I think he's changed a lot. And I'm happy to see him get to a place where he seems like truly happy and on the direction of what he wants to be doing and taking his life. It kind of felt similar to the conversation with Ben Higgins. If you haven't listened to that episode, it's a really good one um, about just kind of the life after the fame, the life after the show and just finding things that light you up and kind of rediscovering yourself because the show does take a lot of people on this crazy journey, for lack of a better word, or just kind of really catapults your life into a different direction. And Blake is definitely one of those guys that really got to experience a lot from the show. And I'm sure he still is, but it's interesting to hear the other side of it, like the coming down and trying to decide where you want to take your life. So I think this conversation is super interesting. And I think there's a lot to take away of like not letting fear or setbacks or mistakes hold you back from moving on, from um, improving on yourself, from getting better. Hopefully you guys can take some good gems away from this conversation. I had a lot of fun talking to Blake. So enjoy this one. Um, As far as what's going on with me, I feel like I haven't checked in with you guys in a while. So I'm sure there's a lot lately and constantly I'm just trying to keep – I'm continuing to try and better myself and that's always a goal of mine. And I think what I've been really working on lately is – kind of being more transparent and having less fear around people not liking me or not being in my corner. And I think my whole life I was just like so afraid of doing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing, making a mistake, getting out of my comfort zone of being judged for something that I did that I I tended to hold myself back from a lot. And I've been really trying to work against that now. And I think, for example, even with the last episode with Nick, I had quite a, not a few, but just a a couple of people who had issues with some of the topics and the idea that uh, the ideas that we brought up. And um, it was like a confession that someone had made and we were talking about how they had regrets um, because they didn't explore before getting married and now they are getting married and having all these regrets. So it was kind of a joke about what I posted, but some people definitely took offense to what I was saying as far as like, I think it can be healthy to explore before getting married or, you know, seeing what's out there a little bit more with dating. And I always am just an advocate of you guys doing whatever you want, whatever you feel comfortable with while still being safe and while still, you know, having all the things like consent and putting yourself in situation, safe situations. So never am I going to come on here and think that anyone should be unsafe or anything like that. I just think that you guys should always make your own decisions and feel free to do whatever you want. Um, but some people took offense to that and said, you know, that it's not healthy to explore things that marriage and is the only time you should be doing that and all the things. And, you know, it is what it is. Not everyone's going to agree with me. And I'm, I'm learning that because in the past, I would take those comments or people disagreeing with me and hide in a hole or never want to post anything again or never want to open up again or never want to share any of myself again. And I'm really trying to work on not letting that happen, to not shy away from you know sharing myself, sharing my life and not being so in fear about people having problems with that. Because now I have to realize people are going to take issues with anything that I say, whether they agree with me or not. So I just have to realize that and get create a thicker skin. And I'm actively working to do that um, with everything that I do. And Nick actually gave me like a little pep talk after that. And that helps me a lot. And I've, I'm just really working on being more open because I think that's or I hope that will help people by doing that. I don't want to just hide away. You know, I don't want to just feel like I I don't want to feel like I can't share with other people because I feel like the more that I do, I I will hopefully help someone out there because I feel like I have a lot of the same insecurities and setbacks that I'm sure many of you go through and by not sharing them, I'm kind of doing a disservice to those people that you can relate to that. I 
don't take being on the show lately. I don't take having somewhat of a platform lately because I want to use it for good. And that's why I have things like this podcast. That's why I'm pushing myself out of my comfort zone because I want to make a difference for other people. I want to hopefully help someone in return. That's all I care to do. It's not really for me about the likes and the cute content or whatever it is to have a platform for me. It's just like connecting with other people. That's my biggest hope with this. So I'm just coming on here trying to be as open as I possibly can, sharing my life with anyone of you that wants to be a part of it, sharing this podcast with you, sharing these stories, because I hope that by doing that, it will connect me to other people who go through similar things, who understand what I go through, and then I can further understand kind of what other people are going through within the community that I'm hoping to build. So yeah, that's just kind of what I've been working through. I feel like I'm always coming on here and trying to work on something. And lately, that's just being, you know, a little bit tougher, a little bit more um, open and vulnerable and just accepting myself wholeheartedly and knowing that that's okay when other people don't accept that or like it or are down with it. That's fine. I'm not for them. And that's cool. Um, Other than that, some fun stuff. I actually went ring shopping. Not ring shopping. I went and looked at engagement rings with um, Nick's sister-in-law just for fun because the conversation has come up a lot lately and I actually have no idea what I like or anything about rings. I I think I also as as I was dating and things like I tried not to be the girl that's fantasized about the wedding or fantasized about like the happy ending because I almost I didn't know if it was me jinxing it or I just that just felt so far away to me that I didn't want to obsess over it. So other than a random project that we had to do for fashion marketing where we had to plan our wedding, I don't remember anything that I even looked up for that. I haven't really thought about it. And I think because one, I didn't want to jinx myself, but two, like I said, it just seemed so far-fetched, the whole like meeting someone and or settling down with them because I was I struggled so much with dating and finding what I was looking for. I always had a really good sense or I thought I had a good sense of who that person was. And I just tried my best to stay hopeful that they existed. But I remember so many times where I doubted that I could ever find what I was looking for. And I had seen examples of it with my parents and with some people uh, that were like celebrities that I could kind of look up to their relationships. But I never really got to see examples of it with the people I was meeting or dating. And And once I started putting myself out there more, for example, going on Bachelor, I started to see more examples of it, which was nice. So I just noticed the more I took the risk that I got myself out, the more the more it started opening up to me. Um, And it wasn't until I met Nick and we really hit it off, like just in the first initial months of us talking that I started to see like, oh, those things do exist. Oh, I... I was good to wait for that right person because he is my first relationship. And I know I've told you guys this, but for a long time, waited for someone like him. And I just want to say this because I feel like when I was dating, I needed hope or I needed to know that it could happen for me, that I wasn't just going to always be waiting, that I wasn't just going to always feel frustrated like I did and that it could happen for me. Um, and I, I had like a small inkling of that faith in deep down inside of me, but there was definitely times where that wavered or where I was like, oh, whatever, I'm just not going to look anymore. I'm just going to give up. So I'm, I'm just saying this. So I hope if there's anyone out there that kind of feels like that or just feels frustrated that don't give up, it's possible they exist and don't settle in the meantime because you feel like there's nothing else out there. I promise you there is. I promise you if you keep the faith, I promise you if you keep putting yourself out there, if you keep trying, it will happen. It's not (laughs) – I mean, for a lot of people, it can happen very quickly. For me, it didn't feel like that. For me, it felt like forever, and it kind of was forever until I found it. I want to say this because it is possible. You can – you can find it. They exist. Um, and I hope that gives you some hope. But yes, I looked at rings. Um, <laughs> it was super fun. I just wanted to know. I didn't know my ring size. I didn't know what color I wanted. I didn't know what cut or what different diamonds there were. She was like, do you like an emerald cut or a this? And I was like, what is that? Show me. I don't understand. So it was kind of just me dipping my toe into that world and trying to see what it was all about. Because 
I had no idea. Um, yeah, I like a rose gold. I've noticed because the yellow was looking weird on my hand and yeah. And I liked an oval diamond. <laughs> I don't really know, but yeah, so I have a better idea now. So when the time comes, I'll hopefully like what I have on my finger, but, uh, there's no rush. Um, if you guys saw that, um, on Instagram, it was just me kind of seeing what was out there. Um, and we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think that's it for me today. I think that was kind of a ramble, but hopefully you guys could connect to some of that. Um, definitely share this one with someone that you think can relate to it, who's a fan of Blake, who's a fan of Bachelor, literally anyone. I hope that this episode resonates with whoever is listening. And make sure that you guys like the podcast on Apple so that I can continue to grow it to the place that I know in my soul that it can get to. It's kind of the same inkling that I had with relationships. I like know that what I'm doing or what I'm trying to do is going to get there. It's I know that it's special and I believe in it deep down in my soul, even though it takes time and you have to have faith in something. So that is it for me. Enjoy this episode with Blake, you guys. I think you're going to love it. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, Blake, I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. You were here on a previous episode with Nicole, but I'm glad to have you on something to share. What's up? How are you? No, absolutely. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's right. Last time I was on here was like right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Uh, when yeah. you and Nicole first started. That's right. Yeah. So it's been a while, but I'm happy to be here. Well, welcome back. Um, how are you yeah. lately? I know we talked this week already. You and I we did. <laughs> we're swapping uh, podcasts, but I'm yes. excited to have you. No, yeah. Um, I'm good. I'm good. Uh been very, very busy. The DJing thing has really popped off. I'm pretty much in a different couple different cities a week wow. doing that. So that's been a blast. Uh exhausting, but super fun. And I'm actually in the middle of like moving right now. So I bought a place, another place out here in Denver, a bigger place. Uh, so I'm super excited about that, but it's never fun to move. It's such a pain in the really ass. The worst. So I know it really is. And I'm like trying to sell my place while also buying that other place. It's a, it's a lot, but um, I guess it's good to be busy and yeah. I'm excited to move into a new spot. So. Yeah. I've been following along um, via Instagram and you are very busy. How are you <laughs> physically like keeping up? Like what, what's your regimen? <laughs> that is a very good question because sometimes I ask the same yeah. question myself. Uh, you know, everybody thinks I'm out there like raging and drinking and like doing great but like honestly i treat it as work like mm -hmm. i don't i don't drink when i dj you know i will occasionally like i'll have a drink or two but i don't get drunk when i dj um so like honestly it's been kind of nice like i wake up on sundays and you know and i'm like oh, i'm not hungover yeah. i'm gonna go work out and i'm gonna go you know so it's not as much but just the traveling in general is a lot like changing i mean i think last week I did three different time zones last week, all the way from West Coast to East Coast. Um, yeah, so that was a lot, mm -hmm. or two weeks ago, I should say. So that was a lot. That the time zones are a lot, but honestly, it's a lot of vitamin C. Okay. I take a lot of vitamin C. <laughs> stay hydrated, and when I get a chance, like I try and eat healthy. It's very hard yeah. when you're out on the road, you know. But yeah. I try to eat healthy. Yeah. Yeah, so. I lived on the road for a little bit in my time, and it's it's yeah. true because you get hungry <laughs> yeah, at night, right. especially if you're working late and you want to just eat the bad food that's right there. Um, but I, every hotel has it yeah, like sitting there. The you know? like, oh. <laughs> I like that you aren't are choosing to not drink because I feel like that would just end very badly by the end yeah. of this tour. I, yeah, I couldn't. And now I'm starting even because like at first I was like, so let's say I'm playing in Cleveland this weekend. Mm -hmm. Normally I'd go in on like Thursday, stay till Sunday. Nope. Now I'm like, I'm in Friday night. I'm out Saturday morning. Like, yeah, I'm doing it. It's work, you know? So uh, I just, yeah. I've learned as I've gone, you know, I can't really, yeah, I can't, you know, drink and go out till 4am for three nights in a row. Like, I just can't do it. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm too old. We're over so. 30 now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 23 year old Blake could do it, yeah. but uh, not me anymore. But so. it's not like you didn't get to live that life. So We've had it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I did I'm notice. I'm so blessed to be able to do the club thing. So. Yeah. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I did notice yeah. that you lost your voice uh, one of the days. Have you ever heard of 
vocal warm-ups. <laughs> no, because I lose my voice every weekend. Yes. Cindy. Every weekend I lose my voice. Okay, so when I first got into fitness teaching, I would lose my voice. There was like a week of time where I had no words. I couldn't produce any sound and it was kind of scary. But then yeah. I went to like a full vocal teacher. I had like cysts on my vocal cords. So just like, oh, you sure. know, when singers do that like ridiculous routine before they're like, Ooh, and then like they breathe and do, I think you might mm-hmm. need to start incorporating that right. into your routine because I think you're right. Cause I, maybe I need to go see if I have like stuff on my vocal. Cause I really do like every single weekend I lose my voice and I bought like a, you know, like a VIX vapor. Yeah. Like I put on my mouth and, like and I bought that mm-hmm. and I'm taking that on the road Smart. with me. Steamers, um, things like that. But maybe I'll do some help in the back now. Just going. I used to be like, "What the hell? You're a DJ, dude. You're not fucking Adele. Like, calm down. Getting in the zone. Need me a second. Yeah, I used to have to like blow bubbles through a straw because it's you producing air in order to talk. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay, but you know, maybe maybe no, let's try it out. I need to try something. I'll tell you yeah. what. It's, it sucks. Is every every Monday I go to do my podcast. And I exactly. Because like you have to use your voice a lot now. Like that's like mm-hmm. your moneymaker now. Yep. Exactly. Uh, yep. Well, we'll work on it. Anyways, um, <laughs> I asked everyone this question. And since you are new to something to share, anything that you could bring to show us. So you don't have to have it physically with you, but anything from your nightstand, something surprising or something with an interesting backstory. And I threw that this at you last second, but do you have anything <laughs> to share? Yeah, actually, and I actually, uh, this isn't going to be, I just thought it was like out, I could go outlandish if I want because I got some weird stuff in my nightstand. But well, I think, I think the biggest thing that's kind of changed um, my life, and I kind of honestly, I started kind of the, the end of 2020, the beginning of this year. Um, but I have the, uh, oh my God, now I can't think of the name of it, but the journal, the seven minute journal, mm-hmm. I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that journal. Um, where it like, instead of just journaling, cause I've, I've done the journaling thing where you we literally all, just like, yeah. it's a diary, right? Yeah. yeah especially on the show. Yeah. Like I had it, I still have my diary, but this actually like asks you questions about what to expect for the day. What, and then at night, so what you wake up first thing in the morning and you kind of talk about what you're going to go through the day, the goals for the day. And then at night you could sit down and you do it again. Mm. And that's changed kind of, it's honestly changed my life because I, I try and do it. And obviously it's hard, but I try and do it every morning and every night. And it's just giving me like goals like you know how good it feels like check things off a list you know that's just like such a good feeling (laughs) so i've become a list guy and Uh i think that journal has helped me quite a bit so i have that on my nightstand every night uh and that's uh every night and every morning and that's uh i guess it's just giving me like i don't know like goals Mm -hmm. to like reach for and i've really enjoyed it so it kind of it changed a lot i need to get a new one i'm almost filled the last one yeah i need to get that journal because i started i i went to therapy and they said to do like the three page, just whatever's on your mind, just get it out in the journal, which I was doing. But now I'm kind of like, I, I would like a practice where it's prompting me because it gives you yeah. something to kind of focus. Because I feel like when your head is like, uh, going like that, mm-hmm. it kind of gives you something to ground you, which sounds like it is. That sounds lovely. Yeah. So seven minute, yeah, seven exactly. minute journal. Seven minute journal. Yep. Okay. I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Yeah, I I love these practices. Like you're like starting the day strong. You're finishing with the good notes. You're in a good spot. Yeah. This is great. Yeah, I am. I am. And I think honestly, like quarantine and COVID and everything kind of was like, I was like, okay, I'm losing my damn mind here. Like I need to figure out some practices to mm-hmm. get me through this. And then as long as you just like, you know, you just carry that, you know, continue to carry that. And as, as I've gotten busier, it's been harder, but I try to continue to do that. Cause yeah, I'm in a good spot. So it's, it's been nice. Yeah. And yeah. it's something, it's literally seven minutes. So it's like, you can't really talk mm-hmm. yourself out of not doing it when, exactly. <laughs> when it's seven so minutes. True. Um, so it's yeah. nice to have that as like a tail yep. end to your day. I love it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. with anything that you've been thinking about or doing lately, has anything been like on your heart, on your mind that you've been thinking through? Yeah, actually. Um, you know, a lot of us go through this off the show. I swear. It doesn't matter if you're super, super popular or if you're not, if you're night one or it doesn't matter where you are, but you have this weird, like, I don't know, like this weird moment where you, you do kind of lose yourself in a sense, but you have this weird moment where you realize you have to like find yourself again and you have to like find your identity again because like the show is no longer a part of my life. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, I have the podcast. I watch it. But, like I'm never going to go on the show again. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not getting hit up on ABC to like do an appearance. I'm not, you know, I'm not getting any of that anymore. So it's like this weird time in my life. And it's been like the last six months, you know, to a year where I'm just trying to like figure out what my life's going to look like yeah. post show. And, you know, I've talked to Ben Higgins has kind of talked about it a little bit lately. You know, um, there's like all these articles. He's like going yeah. back home to find himself again. And like, 
like it's true like a lot of us especially people who were super popular something like ben who his whole life was like the bachelor mm-hmm. you know he was the bachelor it's hard for us to go back to like regular life and leave that quote-unquote limelight if you will and like the fame and the attention and just kind of slowly go back into life so that's something i've worked on um and i've been working on and just kind of like allowing myself to be at times be like what am I doing with my life? You know, I think that's something that we all hit oh, yeah. and we all kind of land on. Yeah. And so I'm just kind of been working through that lately, but I, I'm enjoying what I do now, the DJing, the podcasting, like it's something that brings me pa- joy and I'm passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm lo- one of the lucky few, I think, who has found a career kind of yeah. out of everything. So, yeah. yeah. I actually did talk to Ben about that too. And I, that makes sense that it does happen to everyone. I think that's gone through that process in some regard. I think it's also because of the fact that people go on that show looking for a new change in their life. And then once that's over, like that was the new thing, even if it was a short lived thing, once it's over, then you're like, okay, what's the new thing? Like, what's my new path? And that's Mm -hmm. what's hard about the show. It's because you're handed every, all these new things and this excitement, especially if you're someone like you who was like super successful on the show. And then it's, it's not taken away from you necessarily because you could keep it going. But I think it's Mm -hmm. a conscious decision of being like, okay, I can't keep this up forever. It's, it's going to start getting weird if I'm continuing to (laughs) reciprocate this. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. Um, It's great. But yeah, I think it's definitely an interesting and it almost, it can really fuck you up mentally when you aren't necessarily ready for it when it starts happening. So I actually wanted to ask you about that because I actually remember a clip from one of your podcasts. It was with Chase where he's now, he's settled down. He has not settled Mm -hmm. down, but he has this girlfriend and he's kind of out of the scene a little bit. Like, and you were like, I don't think I'm ready for that. Like, I don't think I I can give it up yet. Like, where Mm -hmm. are you on that, on that journey of like trying to release it a little bit? Um, Yes. Good question. Because yeah, so that, that, that podcast with Chase was actually pretty enlightening because I, I kind of forget, like Chase was kind of a big deal. Yeah. He was third. Like he was a pretty big deal coming off his season. You know, yeah. he hit, he hit the peak. He was beloved and then he was hated and then, blah, blah, blah. you know, he kind of went through the same thing I did. Um, and now he's, yeah, he's like selling roofs or something, you know, he's like back to normal life with a girlfriend, dog, the whole thing. And so we, we talked about that, you know, and I was like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not ready to, so I was selling beer before the show. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not ready to go back to like selling beer. Like, like you said, like, there's a reason a lot of us went on the show and it was, we were bored almost, you know, yeah. we were like treading water in our regular lives. So we were like, wanted a new adventure, a new experience. Mm-hmm. So I wanted that and I got it. And I'm, you know, three years later, roughly three, three and a half, four years, whatever it is. Uh, I'm still like glad I did it. And, um, you know, what I do now, uh, I don't want to go back to um, selling beer. Not that that's bad or anything, but I just, it was, I wasn't passionate about it. Uh-huh. Uh, and so I guess I'm at that point though, where I think I've found my niche and what I want to do moving forward. Um, so it's a blessing. Uh, but yeah, not everybody's, like I said, not everybody's as lucky. And I think one thing you said is you're exactly right is sometimes it comes before you're ready. And like, yeah. like, I think I was ready. Like after two years ago when paradise happened, you know, I was like, it sucked. But at the same time, I was like, okay, well, now I know what the show is. You know, and I, like you said, I could be that guy who like kisses the ass, shows ass, yeah. and I could, I could go on every other, I could be, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say any names, but I could be <laughs> like one of those guys Yeah. Uh, go on and, you know, do the podcast, get invited back every week and like, or every season. But I was like, you know, I just, I want to find myself. I want to be known as Blake, mm-hmm. not Blake from The Bachelorette. You know, like that's where I'm at. That's awesome. Yeah, I think you found a good mix of it because you're still in it. Like people still ask you questions. And then mm-hmm. like I was even reading some articles that you've like been in headlines about like things that you've said have been controversial, which yeah. is like you're still in it a little bit, but it's a nice yeah, in and mm-hmm. out where um, you're kind of finding the balance of it. And it, I like yeah. that you are now going off onto things that you're passionate about because it's it just mm-hmm. feels like you are much more because I remember you right after Paradise because that's when we became friends. And this is a completely different Blake from like that post show Blake. Like yeah. this is a whole new side, which is awesome to see because well, thank you. That was rough. That was yeah, rough. I was not. That was the worst Blake. That was not a good Blake. So yeah, no, thank you. Yeah. Um, and I did read that you at one point were thinking of p- potentially going on this paradise season that just uh, filmed is about to air. So mm-hmm. what, and I was, I heard like rumblings of this and I really was hoping that you didn't do it just for like your <laughs> mental sanity and just, I couldn't watch your demise again. Um, yeah. So what ultimately, like, why were you thinking about it? One, and then two, what ultimately led you to not accept 
Yeah. So it's, it's kind of crazy to think that I even considered it, you know, cause two years ago I was like, fuck this show. Like I'm never going on the show again. And then yet here I was, but, uh, and that's that weird thing that the, this like weird power the show has over us. Yeah. But, um, it's so funny because I had, I've talked to so many people and they're like, you know, I heard the rumblings that you were talking to producers and thank God you didn't go. I'm like, why didn't you call me and be like, Blake, don't go. Like yeah. everybody would like secretly was like, Blake, you shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. But, um, yeah, I'm glad I didn't like uh-huh. I was, so there was a certain reason I was going to go. And um, I kind of got to the point where it was now or never. Like, I think it was maybe four or five days before flights were happening and people were going down. And I was just sitting there and I was like, I had gone through testing and had the conversations and I didn't get a, hey, we're going to bring you down today or blah, 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 blah. I hadn't gotten that yet. But I just all of a sudden had this like epiphany and I was like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? And I texted one of the executive producers and I was like, listen, I know you're busy right now, but I'm going to take something off your plate. Like, I can't do this. I appreciate you, like, you know, having the conversations. And if there were any hard conversations that you had. So, be, you know, I apologize if you went through some trouble to try and get me back. But like, I, I just can't do it. I don't, you know, I, I don't have any necessarily. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, there, I was very angry for a long time at the show. And I still, in a sense, am. Um, but at the same time, it's like, I'm grateful for what that show has done in my life. But problem is, I don't think... I could go back on that show and be myself. Yeah. I just have so many walls up now, so many guards up. I don't trust cameras. Like I just don't trust producers and I don't trust even other people on the beach. And so that's just, I just, the one thing to be quote unquote successful, which in my eyes is like fall in love. Mm-hmm. You have to be open. Yeah. You have to be vulnerable. And that's how you, you are in that situation. I don't know if I could be in that environment again. So I was very much at peace. Like as soon as I sent that text message, I was like, Oh, that feels good. Yeah. Cause there was just the pit in my stomach was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But my, my head was like, you should do it. Yeah. So I'm so glad I didn't. And I'm very much at peace with the decision. There you go. That's when, you know, the decision is right. When you feel like yes. a weight lifted off your shoulders, when you finally mm-hmm. make it, because yeah, I almost, I just can, I just know that if you would have done it, it would have just been blown up in your face. And I'm so happy for yeah. your sake that yeah. it didn't happen just because I mean, yeah, that environment. I mean, I've talked to so many people and I only know two people that came back and were like, yeah, I had a great time. Everybody else was like, fuck, this yeah. is brutal, you know? <laughs> so, like you literally have yeah. to be in love from day one and both be on the same page in order to have yeah. a good time. Yeah. And that's yeah, almost swim. 0% of people yeah. that happens yeah. too. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting paradise. I've heard a lot of different things. so it should be I'm excited to watch it. I am very excited. Yeah. I did that's read good. a quote that you said something about like the producers being like, the worst kind of life coaches because they <laughs> yeah. just they they're telling you to do what you shouldn't do <laughs> essentially i don't know what happens can you hear me yeah i can hear you okay sorry i don't know what happened i think i like lean in and it did it blow up in your but, uh, ear <laughs> but yeah so that quote of course like it gets you know taken and run with this clickbait but i mean i do believe that like you know especially after talking to some people who were in paradise this season it's like they tell you to do something and then, you know, it's like they're, it's in your bed. They think it's, you know, they're like, it's in your best interest. Like, trust me, trust me, trust me. And then it just blows up in your face. And I did a podcast with a life coach, you know, and he was talking about how he tries to steer his clients, I guess, if you will, in the right direction for future. And I'm like, that's literally the opposite of what the producers do. Like, they'll steer you in a way that makes good television, yeah. but it's not good for you. It's good for their future yeah. and like the future of the show doing well, but not <laughs> at all. But it, it's really well disguised as good for you. And it's really, really mm-hmm. fucks you up when you realize that's not necessarily the case. And I'm, it's not always like that. It's not always negative. But in your case, it definitely led to yeah. some negativity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, and, it's like, I still like, there's still producers that I enjoy and I'm friends with and mm-hmm. I like, and even some of the ones who I, like, I know we all talk, like we all know, I know what producers did what, and I know what producers fucked with Kaylin. I know what producer fucked with me. I know what producer, you know, mm-hmm. and like those producers, I obviously would never trust again, but like, do I think they're horrible people? No, no. I think they're like no. monsters. You know, I think they're doing a job now. Their job is to lie, manipulate and use people, which fucking sucks. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if like a good person could be good at lying, manipulating, using people, but I don't think they're monsters, you know? Um, but it's, it's a very hard job. I'm not gonna lie. I know a lot of people who lose sleep over it at night, you know, mm-hmm. like it's very hard what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine going to sleep with a lot of anxiety if you are, depending on how you do the job, because there's different producers and there's different ways of doing things. And we we have learned which ones are which, but I was gonna say, you know, when when a producer walks through the door, you're like, oh fuck. Yeah, well, you know what's like, about to I'm go down. <laughs> I'm about to be a drama. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They all have like yeah. specific it's even funny watching the show and certain things that happen. You're like, oh, that was definitely that producer. Oh, that was this one. <laughs> yes. Just it's hilarious. Yeah. 
Yeah. But it's not scripted, guys. No, it's not. Um, so then post-show, you did work a lot on your mental health and going through that process. Like, what did you do to kind of get yourself to where you are now? And then I have a question on like, how are you maintaining that still kind of in the public eye? Because it's hard to maintain that level of health in kind of the work that you're doing. So what is it that yeah. you do? Um, you know, yeah. So obviously, like you talked about, like two years ago, I was in a really bad place. Like I just with, with everything, I just felt lost. And, you know, I felt alone, very, very lonely. And as you know, like a lot of you can't, a lot of people can't relate. Like nobody can really relate except for the other people on the show. And at that time I felt the other people on the show hated me. So like, I was just very alone. Um, and I think the biggest thing was honestly like allowing myself, like it's okay. Like the biggest thing is like, it's okay not to feel okay. Like I think for most of my life, I thought it was like, you had to, you know, the mass toxic masculinity. It was like, don't cry, you know, don't uh, show weakness. Like I was always rub dirt on it and walk it off. You'll be okay. Mm-hmm. And I think for the first time in my life, I was like, I am not yeah. okay. And I need to reach out for help, whether it be, you know, even just the smallest things. Like I, it's so funny, especially for men, you know, the stigma around like masculinity and everything. Like I'll never forget when I was going through what I was going through, like three friends who I've known for ever were like, hey, man, I'm in therapy and on medication. Like, mm-hmm. I can, you know, I've been where you are. And I was like, what? Like, I had no idea. You know, men just don't talk yeah. about it. And so I think the biggest thing for me was asking for help mm-hmm. uh, and getting into therapy. I uh, got into, I finally found, like, a really good therapist. Um, and we clicked. And it was the best thing that's ever happened to me. It was great. And I, you know, like you asked, how am I still doing that? I'm still in therapy. Um, I do that, you know, once a week, every other week, depending on how I'm feeling, et cetera. Uh, but yeah, that's the biggest thing for me. And, and the other thing is I am a people pleaser. Like I am, I'm somebody who will go out of their way to make sure other people feel comfortable or feel happy. Uh, and sometimes that's not necessarily healthy. Like I think sometimes I forget that like I can be selfish, like I'm allowed to be selfish and I'm allowed to take time for myself. And somebody asks me to do something and I say, no, I don't even feel guilty about it. If I want to just curl up in bed for a day, you know? So I think it was realizing that I can take time for myself and I shouldn't be ashamed of that. And I'm allowed to be selfish. And I think that was, was a big moment. Yeah. It's easy to run an empty when you're doing a combo of those things, plus all the stuff that you're going through. But if you're constantly just like giving everything that you have to other people or to your work or to whatever it is, then you're like left with literally nothing. So it's nice to have that realization. So then you can know when you need to pull back from whatever it is that you're doing, which is necessary. Um, I do want to talk about your music career. So from watching it from an outside perspective, you it seemed like you took like a lesson during quarantine or before it or something. And then it's, it's sparked into this amazing like pop star lifestyle so like talk me through how that worked and like your passion behind music and all that stuff yeah so it's it's funny and don't get me wrong i know there are a lot of like eye rolls out there and a lot of like oh look blake thinks he's a fucking dj now you know he's on the bachelorette blah blah yeah. and i get that and i was almost terrified to even try it because of that you uh-huh. know um, i didn't let fear stop me and i'm really proud of myself for that because i was like oh god i'm gonna get so much hate you know blah blah blah, blah. Uh-huh. but it really starts so i've always been like even, even in the house when we were in the bachelorette, you know, all through college and high school, uh, I was always like the playlist guy. I was always the Oxcore guy. Nice. I was the car DJ. Like I was just the guy who like knew the new songs and had great songs. Even in the house, in the mansion, and we were traveling, Shabby would pull up my Spotify and play my playlist like for the house and everything or when we were traveling. Mm-hmm. And so I've just always had a passion for music. I mean, most people do. But like I think I had a, I don't know, a keen sense of like good music and think certain music that would work at certain times. Reading the like room that. is important for sure. Yes. Huge for a <laughs> yeah. DJ. Honestly, that's like one of the biggest things for a DJ is reading a room uh, and the vibe and the mood and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and really I got started. Uh, so I did Caitlin Bristow's live podcast mm-hmm. tour. And at the time it was right after paradise. We were like only like two months after paradise and I was selling a contract. And it was one of those things where it's like, how do we get around? Like, you're not going to, like, I'm not actually going to be on the podcast, but like if we're meet and greet something like that, how do we get around mm-hmm. it? And it was for me to quote unquote DJ mm-hmm. it, right? So I was like, yeah, you know what? Fuck it, let's do it. Reach out to ABC. They're like, go ahead, you know, get back out there. And so I owe Caitlin Bristow my DJing career. What a star, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? So I bought, I went out, got the whole board. And honestly, at that point, I didn't really know. I just knew the basics of the okay. board, like the basics, just like, play some of the faders, some of the filters, that kind of thing spinning. 
um, but very basic. Mm -hmm. And but I loved being in the we did 10 cities, I think in like 16 days, and just the energy of like a crowd. And when you when you play a certain song and they feel it, mm -hmm. and it like it's just indescribable. Um, and so I was hooked. I was like, Oh my God, this is, this was fun. And then I got lucky because a friend of mine, uh, DJ silver, who's a mentor of mine, we met years ago and he was follows me and he saw it and he was like, dude, your like stage presence and your energy is just something you can't teach. Like I can teach you to DJ, but I can't teach yeah. people how to like, you know, rock a crowd. He's like, would you want to be a celebrity DJ on my label? And I was like, fuck it. Let's do wow. it. You know, I was like, let's do it. Uh, I was scared. Like I said, I was very scared. I was like, let's do it. And then, yeah, right before, so it would have been like November of 2019. I took, I took like a month long class of like actually how to DJ, you know? Yeah. And it still, it was great. Like it was a great beginning and I figured out how to do it. I'm still learning as I go, you know I mean? As I think every DJ would say that. Um, but yeah. And then, so it's been about a year and a half, almost two years now of me now half that was COVID, you know, which was really hard, but I got to tone my, you know, skills and really work on my music and, come out, come out of the gates flying now. I mean, I'm doing a couple cities a week and it's, it's so much fun. And I think I always say like people, my biggest compliment that I get is, wow, you're better than I thought. And I was like, yes, that's like that's perfect. Like, the bars in the, in the ground, you know, but then they leave my set going like, oh, wow, he's actually a decent DJ, you know? So that's really, that's fun. good. A positive spin to the night. Yeah, exactly. I, I love it. So, is how difficult is DJing? Cause you, if you look at it, it's just like deep, 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 boop. Boop. Mm -hmm. Yay. What is it? What is the actual technique of it? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I always said, it's funny because I, so I'm a bit like, I'm hard on myself. I can be very hard on myself. And now that I know what it takes to be a DJ, I obviously notice things a lot differently. Like when you're at a club, like I'm the one going like, Ooh, that was a rough transition. <laughs> or, Ooh, those BPMs were off, you know, uh, but nobody else in the club. Uh -huh. the as long as it's a banger. They feel um, it's off, me, but they didn't really understand what was happening. Yeah, exactly. It's like something was weird yeah. there, but I'm still going to, yeah. you know, so it's like, <laughs> so I noticed the weird things now, but yeah, I mean, it is a lot harder than you think just because there's so much happening. Um, and there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Like if you do mess up, hit a wrong button and the music stops, like every, it just kills the party, you know? Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's like the energy just gets sucked out yeah. of the room. So there is a lot more than people think. Like you have to have match beats per minutes and certain, yeah. I mean, there's like faders and you do certain transitions and it is a lot more difficult than people that think. And I have like a, yeah, I have a board in my house and like when I have people over, they're like, okay, what is this? And I start doing it like, oh, well, I don't know if I could, like, this is harder than I thought. I'm like, yeah, and imagine like 3,000 people yelling at you and screaming at you and saying, you know, play back, for, play Freebird, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know? So it's, uh, it can be a lot. It can be a lot of time. So you don't love a song request? <laughs> uh -uh. I hate song requests. I will have like, you know, kick you out. That makes sense why the DJ like, one time almost fought me at a bar because I asked like three times for him to play Beyonce and he literally almost punched me, I think. That makes sense now. It all it all is coming together. Yeah, because everybody thinks you can just like throw in a song whenever you want. It's like no, you have there's like transitions and all that kind of stuff. I'll never. I've, I played a gig down in Fort Lauderdale, and the DJ set was like on the ground, like eye level with like people, and I had people like hucking napkins at me with songs on. I'm like, I'm gonna freak out, guys. If somebody requests "Bust It" one more time, I'm gonna kill somebody. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I didn't even think about the fact that you probably had to overcome a lot just to turn people's mind around because when you go on the show you're labeled as that and they expect you to be that until they decide you shouldn't be doing that anymore because it's you've been in it too long so it's hard to kind of change people's perceptions of you and to kind of put yourself in a new situation while also in the public eye so I can commend you and I'm that's like a huge thing that you must have had to overcome just like the fear of something new in front of a lot of people plus the pressure of people already knowing who you are it's not like you're like doing open mic night somewhere it's like yeah. people know this yeah. is like we we'd already expect less. I don't know. It's just an interesting. Yeah, exactly. No, thank you. Yeah, and actually, I love the way you said that. You said like people like expect you to be somebody until suddenly they don't want you yeah. to be that person anymore. That's <laughs> such a good way of putting it. It's because it's, people expect me to be like Blake from The Bachelorette until all of a sudden Blake from The Bachelorette is creepy for going back. Yeah, on the show. exactly. You know what I mean, <laughs> so that's such a good way of putting it. And yeah, I mean, there was a lot of fear and anxiety around like, are people even gonna? First of all, am I going to be good at it? Like, it's not easy. And second, like, are people just going to, like, put me in this box of, like, this is what you're supposed to be and who I think you're supposed to be? Um, and I think the biggest thing I've noticed is, like I said, people leave me and, like, damn, that was really good, man. And even, like, legit, like, fans of, like, other DJs and, like, techno or EDM or whatever leave being happy, but they come back. 
like I have a residency in a couple cities. And when I see the same people every month, I'm like, Oh, like they're coming back. That's a good sign. That's awesome. I'm wondering too, how you seem to do well with this after a building up kind of this thicker skin that you have, like dealing with the pressure of people like we talked about and also just like people not understanding you or people just like being assholes or trolls or all of that. Like, how do you handle it or how have you gotten to a place where you now kind of handle it? Yeah, that's never fun and it's not easy. It never gets like easy. You know, you do get thicker skin, if you will. Um, and I saw my bad days and my good days, like after everything I've gone through and everybody, you know, everybody still has their bad days and good days. I'm not like every day sunshines and daisies. Um, but I think the biggest thing is realizing I mean, I guess, the, yeah, it's realizing that those people, I mean, it's very cliche, but those people don't know you. And I think I've, one of the cool things about coming on the show is you build this platform, right? You get these followers or whatever, and I'm sure you've seen it and everybody else, like as soon as you're off the show, you start losing, yeah. followers. you know, they follow you because of the show and then all of a sudden you lose followers. But the cool thing is now I'm three years out is you still gain followers. So let's say I lose 1500 followers in a day mm-hmm. or, or a week, let's say 1500 followers in a week, I'll gain a thousand. And those thousand are following me because of me, not because of the show. So then eventually, like you lose those trolls and you lose those people who are following you just because of who you were on the show Mm -hmm. and you gain followers, you build a platform for who you are as a person. And so I've kind of gotten to that. I mean, I've blocked a lot of people, but I've also gotten to that point where now I think people who follow me know who I am uh, and I don't get the hate as much. Now, if I go on an article, let's say like a, you know, a clickbait article that E-News threw up or something. And I go in the comments, it can still get a little nasty oh, yeah. in yeah. there. Yeah. Get real nasty. So I try not to do that. Um, but yeah, I, mean, I think the biggest thing is just knowing who you are and that those people, you know, don't, don't necessarily, I guess, uh, your worth does not depend on them. I guess. Yeah, I agree. You know? And I think it's a huge point of like, they're following you now for who you are and they don't, they can't tell you who you are because you're no longer, they they have less control over you if it's not through the lens of the bachelor when it's through the lens of the bachelor then it's like blah yeah but when they have that like it's just they're following you for you then it's different but yeah. it takes a minute yeah. <laughs> I've, I've a lot of these new guys that i'm like guys it's gonna be rough for you for a little while it always is but like it'll get better it'll get better well they can use you as a good example yeah exactly because you've made all the mistakes but go me out here you've seen it all i'm like yeah i've been to the top into the bottom yeah <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. So. Um, what do you hope for then with the future? If as you're like shifting, as you're changing, you have like new endeavors. Like, what do you hope the new Blake 2.0 is going to be like? Yeah, um, I got some really exciting things coming uh, down the pipeline. Uh, my new house. I'm really looking forward to that. And then, uh, as far as like my career, there's a really big opportunity coming, and I think I'm going to be able to announce it maybe by the end of the year. Um, let's just say I'm going to be in. Well, yeah, I'm living on a bus, basically. I'm going to be doing a, a pretty fun tour uh, with some uh, some very big name people. So I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, and then honestly, I'm actually going to partner here with a mental health company called Damn Worth It. And I'm really excited about them. And they, they work with normally with like college athletes and high school athletes and mental health, but they want to branch into like, I don't know if influence is the right word, but I guess just like social media mm-hmm. and what it's like. Because I mean, I didn't have social media in college or high school. I can't imagine what these kids go through mm-hmm. on a daily basis, the hate, the, you know, the, the social cues and all the, the body shaming and all that kind of stuff. So I think that's something I want to really shift my, my focus to is I guess being real on Instagram and sharing, you know, like the real stuff uh, and just helping people cope with like social media and mental health and the stigma around therapy. So I'm excited about that. Oh, those are awesome. Congratulations on that upcoming but yeah, I think that's huge, especially because you talked about it earlier, like the toxic masculinity thing and not often getting people like you showing the highs and the lows and the mediums and the things that you go through. And that's not every day you're like a thousand percent and that's okay. Plus, I, you don't even really think about, you think about like celebrities and people in the public eye getting like Instagram hate or social media hate and trolls, but you don't also think about like probably what kids are going through every single day. I mean, if you scroll through TikTok, one of my favorite and like least favorite things to do is go in the comments and they turn to like garbage really fast, like really a lot of hatred everywhere. I even saw like a baby announcement video turn to like complete hatred. I was like, they're announcing babies. I know, like, it's funny because people ask me, like, do you have a TikTok? Like, I have one. I don't I'll go on TikTok. I have one video up, I think. I don't go on TikTok a lot because it's like, 
Listen, I already have Twitter and I have Instagram, which fills me. Sometimes I read that and I feel down yeah. and I like the hatred in the world. I'm like, I can't do TikTok too. It's just too much. You know? uh-huh. So um, yeah, people are nasty on those, those platforms. It's crazy. Yeah. Do you feel, cause I think we, we talked about this before too. It's like the pressure of bachelor nation, having a platform, everyone expecting you to have a voice in every single thing that happens. I feel like right now it's kind of gotten less because there's not really so much going on in bachelor nation right this moment. But like, how do you feel about that currently as far as like what you share, what you don't share? Yeah. And that's a, that's actually a great question. I never really thought about it just because you write like we had a year there where it was like, you couldn't do anything right. Yeah. It was like, it doesn't matter what you did. Somebody was going to tear you down. Um, it's gotten a little better. I mean, obviously it was an election year and every four years it's like that, but it is hard because again, like these people follow you for the show. They don't necessarily follow you for who you are. So they expect you to like do a certain thing and in a certain way, yeah. like that's I think, the hardest part. It's like, we may very much line up in like our thoughts and our beliefs, but yet for some reason, I'm not even like, I'm not saying it mm-hmm. right. And that pisses me off. And so that it is a hard thing to try and always say and do the right things. And people make mistakes. Like we're human. It doesn't matter who you are. You make mistakes. Um, but it has gotten better. And I think part of me is why I've tried to like, in a sense, distance myself a little bit from, from the, uh, franchise just because right now the franchise is just it's just struggling like controversy and things like that and i mean the ratings you know and there's nothing to do with katie or anything it's just the ratings you know we're down like 35 yeah. percent this year so i just yeah i'm trying to kind of distance myself as much as possible but still trying to be there for people who need help mm-hmm. coming off the show because not much help so i try and be there for those people yeah yeah that's smart it was a rough year and yeah that was it was just like confusing to me. I even I was listening to a podcast recently and it was like we're expecting all of these girls who like sell nasty gal with like millions of followers and like just do fashion hauls to have like all of this political knowledge and like be able to talk on really difficult topics and I was like, "Oh, I never really thought of it like that because everyone I get like people have a platform you want to use them for good and all of that, but sometimes it's like Maybe I, I have the same exactly the same views as you, but I don't think I can even verbalize them in the way that you'd probably want me to. So it's hard. And then if you try and don't do it yeah, right, you're the worst. <laughs> yeah, I was at a I was at this music festival out in Michigan in a couple weeks ago called Faster Horses, and I posted a photo, and it it was there's like forty five thousand people there. It was insane, and there was like five guys. Unfortunately, lives were lost. There was like a camper, and it was carbon monoxide poisoning, and I posted a photo, and they were like why haven't you talked about the deaths there? Like who, I was like, I, I don't like, what do you want me to yeah. do? Like, <laughs> like, you want me to post about it? Like, yes, it's horrible. And I feel very bad. But like, I don't know what me posting about it is yeah. going to do, you know? So yeah, it's very hard. It's hard. Just, we just got to try our best. <laughs> at the yeah, end that's of the all day. we can do. All anybody can do. Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned this to the franchise being on rough footing right now like and i've seen you talk about it your prediction was after michelle season that was going to be the final bachelorette season i think you've kind of took that back a little bit but what is your thoughts on whether the franchise is going to continue on yeah uh you know it's yeah i i did <laughs> i think i did it during the q a yeah. i was like hot take, and, I, and also i've never seen i've never had more articles written about me it was insane and i was like holy shit i like people you know of course headlines got i think out it's because everyone but- was thinking it but you said it yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's very true. I know. And I have talked to a lot of people that like are way closer to the franchise than me, you know, and yeah, I'm not the only one that thinks that. And it is struggling. And I don't necessarily think it's something, I mean, yeah, they, they've made some mistakes over the last few years for sure, but I don't think it's necessarily like if they would have done one thing differently, it would have saved yeah. the show. I think, first of all, I think network television in general is dying. Like I don't even, the only thing I do watch is Bachelorette and some sports. Yeah. Like that's it. Well, otherwise I watch Netflix or I watch HBO max or whatever it is. So in general, network television is dying, but also I think the idea and the premise of the bachelor and bachelorette has become a bit outdated. Mm-hmm. Now that's not saying they can't change it. What I, I still do think, I mean, I don't think the bachelor has been picked up yet. I don't think it's been renewed after Michelle's season. It hasn't been, but I do think it'll probably happen, but I think that will be the telling. Like if that's, if that season bombs, I don't think it's come back. But if it doesn't come back, I think, or let's say it doesn't, it gets canceled after whoever, I think it's be Michael, but whoever's the bachelor, I think it might go away for a couple of years and then come back rebranded mm. and bigger mm. than ever. Or it gets picked up by 
a whether it be you know a Netflix or whatever or a Fox or somebody and, and it gets it the show is too successful it's the most successful show maybe ever created yeah. to just all of a sudden never have it again but I think it does need rebranded and it needs it needs something new something different something to start that spark these are valuable points yeah like they might it's a matter of whether they're okay losing viewers in order to create what this new thing is. They're going to have to lose viewers in order to make it new. But if they keep it going at this rate, if they're already losing viewers with what they're trying to kind yeah. of like, they put like little fixes on things and it's still kind of the same premise and then add another little fix. And it's like, unless we just shift yeah. it completely, then. And I think, I mean, can you imagine if it, let's just say it ends this year and three years from now it comes all of a sudden you see that ad on TV and it's like the best or it's bad, oh my God. new and bigger than ever. And it would be like, I think it'd be yeah. huge, you know? And I think that's what they need to do. But yeah, I don't know, you know, we'll see. That sounds awesome, actually, because- I know, right? I would be excited. Yeah, it would like, it would it excite me and also oh. produce a lot of fear. I don't know why, <laughs> just like a scary, like they've rebranded. Now it's this like even bigger entity than it already is. Like it's almost a little terrifying to think about, but also could be really cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we'll see. We'll see. Not, you know, I'm not on the board yeah. of ABC. <laughs> we have no <laughs> so, say or any sources really, but we're we're just yeah. we're just debating <laughs> at this point. Um, I think last few questions I have is I'll just do final questions because I think we covered all the things basically. But Blake, um, I always talk about sharing. This is the kind of the theme of the podcast. So I always ask someone to share one last piece of advice. So anything that you have, it could be related to what we are talking about or not. Hmm, one last piece of advice. Um, you know what? I think I will kind of bait up the conversation we had about fear. I think a lot of people lose out on opportunities or even challenges because they're afraid of failure. And that I think that was part of my life for a long time. I was sheltered in a way. Um, I enjoyed my job. I didn't love it. And it was easy. Like I was just kind of clocking in, clocking out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I was afraid for a long time to fail. And that can hold a lot of people back. And especially when you're young, I don't know, you know, I'm sure a lot of your listeners are, listeners are young. When you're young, take every, like, make every mistake, take every chance you can to fail because you do learn from your failures as cliche as that sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, so fail, 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 and try again and fail again. Uh, and eventually, you know, you'll learn and you'll get to where you want to be and don't be afraid to take a chance on something, you know, especially when you're young, even when you're old, fuck that. Even when you're yeah. old, like take a chance, you know, like it's still, like, I'd rather try for like two years when I'm older, it's something I don't love than work for 20 years or something. I absolutely, I, you know, or I do love and something I don't love, you know? So yeah, I mean, I guess don't let fear dictate um, your life. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's major because it's so easy to hold yourself back, even in small things. Like I can't do something different in my routine today. Cause I'm a scared of it's going to anything. So yeah, that that's major. And you don't realize can really, as good as it is, it can really, uh, slow you down yeah. and stop you from a lot of wonderful. Yeah. Never know. You never know until you try really. Um, I feel like you can relate to this. Anything that you've shared that you wish you could maybe take back or change how you made it might've shared them. Oh God. I feel like I've been way too open on podcasts and on national television. I don't know though, because that's part of who I am. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people can relate to that when I'm vulnerable and open and I, I speak my mind and I, I talk about kind of the struggles. Um, maybe the, uh, <laughs> no, well, the story I told on Caitlin Bristol's podcast, <laughs> When I was two two uh, two bottles of wine deep in front of about two thousand people live in Nashville, and I talked about <laughs> a sex story. Oh, okay, well, what was a the subject? Story. I need to know now. It was I. I <laughs> it wasn't sex. It was I. <laughs> it was uh, a jerking off story and how I accidentally jerked off on my own face once. So. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so that's a story that uh, maybe I would. I think that back, could happen to anyone. Honestly, that's. <laughs> <laughs> a a cautionary tale. <laughs> Very <laughs> cautionary tale for all, all the guys out there. But it was actually a really funny moment. Like people thought it was, and it was one of the funniest com- confessions she's ever had on her podcast. But yeah, I don't know. Things like that, maybe because my mom, yeah, family listened yeah. to this. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> weird at times, but I guess it comes with the, with the territory. Yeah, after a while, they still have to love you at the end of the day. <laughs> It's like, oh, I'll never forget that when that aired. She dropped it as its own episode, just my confession. And I remember calling my mom and be like, don't listen to this one. Just don't. Just don't listen. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's happened to me before. I had like a whole episode on sex before. And my dad had not listened to the podcast before. And that's the one he chose to fire up at like 7 in the morning. That was the first thing he did. Fired that episode up. 
And I didn't know about it until my mom told me later. And I was like, oh, my God, that episode. She was like, I know. I know. He told me about it. And I was like, did he stop playing it? And she was like, no, he listened to the whole thing. I was like, fuck. (laughs) How does he even look at me the same anymore? God. He was like, yeah, I know it happened. and I don't want to talk about it. And we've moved on. He just like can't make eye contact. Yeah, never again. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um. Yeah, I think that's all I have for you, Blake. Thank you so much for being yep. here, for being vulnerable, as always, for always being a good time. Um, where can everyone find you? Go on your DJ tour. Yeah. Um, yeah, go follow me on Instagram at Balake, B-A-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E dot H. Uh, I'll be, yeah, I post kind of, you know, a monthly or two month uh, schedule of where I'm going to be. I'm in Cleveland this weekend, Nashville here in two weeks, Chicago, and then back to Denver. So, um, yeah. If I'm in the city, you are in. Come out. It's always a fun time. And go listen to my podcast at Behind the Rose Podcast. Yeah. So, yeah. I'll probably be back there at some point. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You're always a fan fan. Awesome. So well, thanks again. Time. And always have a good time with you. So, thanks for being here. Talk to you yep. soon. Bye. That is it for me today, you guys. Thank you so much for being here and for listening. Before you go, make sure that you rate, review, and follow, as well as subscribe so you never miss an episode. And one thing you can share in the meantime, this podcast, obviously. Send it to a friend who needs some inspiration or give us some love on social media and tag us at Something to Share Podcast on Instagram. And I'll see you next Wednesday.